Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. We are the home of the Aggies, a long-time home. I'm Rob Thompson. He's RJ Ochoa. We're glad you're with us. Huddle up. we got somebody to talk to. As we get ready to head to Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58, we'd like to welcome on the show a man who's been to a couple of championship weeks. Former Aggie, been around the NFL for a long time. Currently, uh, you're playing up in Canada, right? I'd like to welcome in uh, Demontre Moore. Uh, genuine honor to have you on, sir. A pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Uh, yes, I'm currently uh, playing in Canada right now for the Calgary Stampeders. Last time I saw you, you were holding up a Grey Cup uh, a couple years back. <laughs> yes, sir. Two years ago with the Toronto Organizers, I was blessed to win the championship. So trying to, trying to give me another one before I get out of here. Well, congratulations on a, a very productive and long NFL career. And you spent time on both. Uh, you've been on the 49ers. You spent some time with the Dallas Cowboys. So let's kind of lean into where we're headed in the Super before I get some Aggie questions in. Um, when you when you compare what franchises look like, and you've been on championships, you've been on good teams, you've been on bad teams, what do you see when you see San Francisco and the way they've become great? And what do you see in Kansas City and the way they've maintained this greatness? And and what's the differentiation between the two? That's an excellent question. What do I see as far as San Francisco and the organization and what they built? I see consistency and I see a dynasty. Um, San Francisco was one of the powerhouses back in the day during that era where they had some immaculate battles with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And Kyle Shanahan has come through and built that tradition and kind of you know built on the foundation that was already there you before Kyle was there they did make it to the championship and conference titles a couple times with Kaepernick and so with him going there the only thing he's done is he's improved that formula he's done it more consistent uh consistently uh for the last what four to five years we constantly been like hey at the start of the season that defensive line and that offense that's over there with all those weapons we expect them to at least be in the conference championship, if not Super Bowl, and they've done that exceedingly and abundantly. Hopefully this year is the time that they can actually get over the hump and now win that ring. As far as what I see within Kansas City, uh, you kind of see uh, another organization that mirrors that, like they expect greatness. Andy Reid um, has established that foundation and built them into a dynasty to where uh, they've been to the last four out of, uh, I mean, they won. What uh they won the last four out of six if I'm not uh mistaken I might be uh mistaken with that stat but the last uh right since on. Patrick Mahomes uh since Patrick Mahomes has been in the league that has been the minimum expectation and he's won it and so with him having that consistency not only having that consistency with all the tremendous weapons around him when the tremendous weapons have left he's still pro- he's still proving that hey I'm that guy. This team only goes as far as I'm as I'm driving in. If I'm at the helm, relax, we're in good hands. And not only that, uh, once he lost his weapons, and then he proved that he can win without his weapons. 
They said, hey, this guy can't win on the road. This man has went on the road and mm-hmm. done this. <laughs> and so now we're wait, we're, which, we're watching greatness right in front of our eyes. I can only imagine how people felt when they were watching Tom Brady go to all those conference championships back-to-back and saying it uh, was his defense, then it was Tom. Well, we're watching the second coming of Tom, but not only it being Tom, it, like, yes, he has a good defense and stuff like that, but he's been a game changer since he stepped on the field where Tom had to grow into being a game changer. So for me, I argue our, we're seeing a once in a generation of talent that might not ever be replicated again. People said that about Tom, but this guy has come through and killed since day one. Tom had to lean on his defense when he first got into the league. And don't get me wrong, he definitely uh, made the play. Somebody had to do the throws. But for this guy to go in there and command the attention, the talent, Demont- he instantly changes the talent of uh, offense. Sorry. Demontre, that's all, I mean, really impressive. And obviously that's why we're so excited for next Sunday. Um, you've been in the NFL and you've done all sorts of things and experienced all sorts of you know people and walks of life and um, done so in the social media era. And something... You know, what's valuable in terms of talking to professionals like you is to, to see how things really go because we have assumptions. I'm very curious. Um, the Cowboys have been in the headlines, obviously, since their season ended for family members of players saying things on the Internet. When, you, not necessarily about the Cowboys, but when stuff like that happens, because I'm certain that that happened, you know, on teams you were or have been on, whatever the case may be. Is that something that you talk about in the locker room? Like, do you say, I can't believe, you know, John's brother or, you know, James's mother or whoever is saying this about whoever? Like, is is that a thing in, in locker rooms? Um, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I say it's not a thing, like it's cl- completely oblivious. But the one thing right. that you do have is that brotherhood. So, yes, of course, when you see something, if it's very outlandish and it bothers somebody, that person might not say something, but somebody will bring it to attention You'll have a quick conversation about it. And as long as you know where your brothers stand, we don't care about the outside noises. If that's family, media, whoever it is, like you block it out. When you walk through those doors, that's what it is. So that's going to happen day in and day out. But the good teams ignore that and don't let that affect them. The good teams, for sure. Demontre Moore, he's been on his share of good teams. He's All-American at Texas A&M. Third-round pick in 2013, still playing today. Spent a lot of time on different teams and have seen uh, a success in a lot of different ways. And even went on a little on a Super Bowl run. Uh, when you look at what took success and i want to put look at some coaches that you've played for before and and as we've gone through and i you know you played for pete carroll he's a, a unique kind of coach you you've been with kyle shanahan you play for him dan campbell too you've been around in a variety of ways from either a&m and around the league what makes dan campbell different as, as a lions coach and how different is he from kyle shanahan because i get the sense those guys would only be able to talk football and anything else they're not on a different wave like on the same plane you know what i mean two entirely different yeah. cats but both very successful in their ways yes sir that's a great question um how is dan campbell and uh, kyle shanahan different there well first off they're completely different, but they're still one in the same. They're both player coaches and player oriented. They listen to their team. They listen to how their bodies respond and they listen to what the vets are saying on the team and what we need to do to get better. But where they, um, where they differ, I would say is that, um, Dan Campbell has been in the smoke. He still has a, uh, active player mindset. So you can tell by just the simple clips going viral, him doing up downs at the beginning of training camp with his team. And then you can see the way he has to juice. I played with Kelvin Shepard, uh, 
in Miami with Dan Campbell when he was our interim head coach and the same energy that he's displaying on that sideline then when we were playing and now that Kevin's a Shep, uh, Kevin Shepard is on his staff, you see it there. And I ask him all the time, like, hey, is he the same guy? And he's like, Dan hasn't switched up. And he stayed true to what he is. And so that's what's made him such a good coach. And vice versa with Kyle, he's a little bit more kind of laid back. I call him the Mad Hatter, the way he draws his plays. But he's really cool, calm, collected. But the one tidbit about him, people people talk about Mike McDaniel's shoes down in Miami. Well, Kyle has a crazier shoe game than him, man. The way that he rocks his Jesus is kind of his playing style. Um, well, that's cool. Kyle's cool. <laughs> but our favorite football Kyle DeMontre is Kyle Field. And so yes, I'm very curious to understand your thoughts on the Aggies. It has been, we'll call it an interesting few months. Um, and the outlook is interesting. And interesting is really the only word that I can use that is kind of nice. How are you feeling about your alum as they get set for you know, what, was, what is hopefully a better 2024? <laughs> How do I feel about my alma mater? Well, man, when I say the best way to describe this is either you can call it a roller coaster or airplane turbulence. You know, <laughs> you have your ups and downs and it gets a little shaky. We didn't know who was going to be our head coach. We made the decision in Mike Elko and us making that decision. Phenomenal. I am ecstatic when I tell you the excitement I have about Mike Elko to see the success he had when he went up there to Duke, and then not only what he did at Duke with the amenities he's had, think about what's going to happen when you get all the amenities that the Texas A&M can offer, our alumni base, NIL deal, and the talent level is going to be significantly better. Like you can, If you could turn pennies to oranges, then uh, what are you going to do once you get these quarters and dollar bills over here? So I'm excited. Um, he's already showed that he's on the right step. He has the number one recruiting class coming out of the transfer portal. He immediately improved, in my opinion, the our weakest point on the team, which was our secondary, instantly improved them with all the nice recruits that we come in. And the most important thing is he's built a staff that's proven time and time again that they can develop players, and that's been the biggest knock on A&M. We've been able to get the talent in, but we haven't been able to develop our own talent, and he's proven time and time again. You see all these guys in the NFL, Michael Carter, um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Donovan Wilson, me, other guys speaking out on him and the tremendous job he did. So just I asked my fans to be a little patient. I know it wasn't the big name that everybody was trying to go for, but I think this right here is what we needed, somebody that embodies A&M to the team. He is the pride of Rowlett High, a fighting Texas Aggie and current NFL professional joining us here on San Antonio Sports Star DeMontre Moore. As an alumni of, uh, and a former football player with the team, tell me about the unity with the alumni group as Elko was brought in and the role you guys are playing and bringing this, the, the, you know, what we are as Aggies back to where they should be and the role of you as guys that have been there and done that, especially in the era that you've been and did, you know, when we were on riding that wave mighty high back in 13, 12, 13, 14. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> To be honest with you, I'm speechless because we're not doing anything. Everything that you're seeing really? right now is a product is a product of Elko. I mean, we, us as alumni, we're doing our part as far as speaking highly on the on the recruits. If we do like you know see somebody on social media and stuff like that, but there's only so much we can do with the NCAA rules and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I would say where we're we're doing stuff and we're not doing stuff. It, it, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Tony Gerard Eddy, who is an alumni that uh, just got hired as the defensive line coach. Right. You have Jordan Peterson that's there. 
So those guys are the ones that's really putting in the groundwork, going in there recruiting and showing guys that they actually played there, but they loved it so much that they came back there and ready to coach, but not only coach and win. And so when you have those guys doing that, and what, I, and I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said we're not doing anything. Our job is to go out there and ball out at the next level. <laughs> See how long we right. can have that longevity. So when you tell the recruits, like, hey, we got guys over here not only getting their degree, um, hopefully Elko picks up from Coach Sherman and says, like, hey, you guys are going to be talented enough to leave and go professional early, but we're going to honor your scholarship to come back and get your degree. So that's where we do our part is where we get our degree before we go professional. A lot of the guys that's coming back, I'm still working on mine. Ty Warren came back and got his mm-hmm. degree. So like that, that's doing its part within itself. And not to mention that you have the success of Vaughn Miller in the NFL. Miles Garrett, who is, is the defense player, uh, the defensive MVP of the league. Uh, Tannehill that has this longevity. Yep. And the list goes on and on. That's how we do our part, by going in there and showing them that we're the cream of the crop and everybody wants to be a winner. So the back end helps the front, and the front end helps the back is what we say in the D-line room. Well, that's what Elko's doing right now. He's doing his part, and he's putting people into the league, and the people in the league are having the success, and that's making the recruits want to come, and then you're doing it in the best, arguably the best division in college in SEC football, the hardest hardest football uh, to be played. And there's right. getting you ready for Sunday uh, night, the next level. I'm ready, baby. Bring on Notre Dame. I'm fired up. He is DeMontre <laughs> Moore, uh, current NFL player playing in Canada, former fighting Texas Aggie, talking about what's going on. DeMontre, um, last one here. You you know, you know, talk about longevity, and it's happening You know, for the Aggies, not just on a player level, but a coaching level. Um, Gerard Johnson, we had a lot of Texans fans that listened to the show, um, really, really, really hyped up. And I think, you know, his, I know it's a little bit before your time, but his Aggie teams kind of slept on. But J-Train, Mike Goodson, Tannehill before he made the switch. I mean, everything was really fun around Gerard Johnson. Based on what you know, what Mike you've Sherman. heard, um, you know, yeah, Mike Sherman, of course. Um, based on what you know. Don't, don't disrespect. I was there with him, man. Yeah. Oh, no, you're well, part I mean, of it, yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, but, you know, I, I think of the, like, 07 team. That's that's what I think. That's why I said a little bit before your time. Okay. Just just a teeny okay. bit. But, um, but again, your interactions, what you know, because so many Texans fans are so in on C.J. Stroud, and everybody was so excited about Bobby Sloak's thing, but Gerard is, is a huge name in and of himself, and, and obviously the growth he's had in the coaching profession. Yes, um, you're right. You hit the nail, uh, the hammer on the nail. Gerard has had a significant um, part in developing C.J. Stroud, and they – it's funny because I was texting in my group chat. I texted him this week. We talked about it a, a few years ago of how he just wanted to elevate as a coach. So to see him go from Indianapolis to going over here to having the best player um, because of you, people got to realize that Gerard is having the success that he's having because, one, he was uh, he was mentioned for the Heisman and was in the race before he had his injury. He did get to play behind Tannehill uh, after he had his injury. But not only did he play behind him, he actually coached Tannehill up because there was only so much that he can do. And then for a number of years, he was one of the best QB coaches in the Houston Katy area. So for mm-hmm. him to want to come back, that shows his loyalty. That shows his commitment. He wants to finish what he started right there in his hometown, in the home area, with arguably, if not the best quarterback in the league, one of the top premier ta- talents that's coming up. And the sky's the limit for him. He's had... To see his coaching journey go from uh-huh. coaching the guys in the area to, like I said, working with the Vic or working with the Indianapolis Colts, then going to the Vikings and working with them, and then going to uh, the Texans, 
it just shows you of the extent of knowledge and how good he is at his job. As are so you. He is goes off to him. Demontre, man. Uh, extraordinary. Thanks you want so much for stopping by. Will you do us a, a favor and come back? <laughs> oh, definitely, man. I would love to. I appreciate y'all for having me.